0: Hi and welcome to my podcast. My name is Anu and I am your host. Today we are going to talk about narcissistic personality disorder and the effect that this condition has on relationships. I'm also going to be sharing my own personal experiences with you. This has been an episode which I've been wanting to record for a while now due to having been in a couple of relationships with men who had severe narcissistic traits. It was a very challenging time for me as I had lost my confidence, my sense of self-worth and my independence. From being free-spirited woman who travelled the world with a fulfilling life to becoming subject to abuse and isolation, I had lost my spirit as well as my internal glow. When I went to the police to report what I had been through and the threats which were upon me, they never quite understood the extent of abuse which I endured, as none of the abuse was violent even though it wouldn't have been long until violence would have prevailed if I had continued my relations with these men. It gives me and others hope now to see that this disorder has been recognised as a form of abuse and reported cases are increasing as more abuse is being recognised. We were discussing what forms narcissistic personality disorder presents itself and also the stages of this disorder. NPD, which is Narcissistic Personality Disorder, is an inner experience and behaviour characterised by self centeredness lack of empathy and an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Researchers have suggested that there are at least two distinguishable subtypes of this condition. The first type is of grandiose, overt narcissism, which is characterised by boldness, arrogance and grandiose personality traits. People with this type are more likely to lack empathy, behave aggressively, exploit others and engage in exhibitionist behaviours. The second type is of vulnerable covert narcissism which is characterised by hypersensitivity and defensiveness. People with this type of NPD may seek approval but socially withdraw if it is not given. They may also experience low self-esteem. People with NPD may be generally unhappy and disappointed when they are not given the special favours or admiration they believe they deserve. They may find their relationships unfulfilling and others may not enjoy being around them. Meanwhile, unhealthy narcissism relates to a need to feel unique and they are so addicted to feeling important that they lie, scam, cheat and do anything to get their high. Narcissists may also engage in physical abuse. Even though we are more familiar with the extroverted narcissists, there are also introverted narcissists who derive their sense of superiority from a sense of victimhood. These are individuals that can feel unique because of their emotional distress and they agree with statements such as, I have issues that no one else seems to understand. These narcissists aren't as showy or grandiose. They want your sympathy and they think that they are the only ones who have ever suffered. Narcissism actually stems from child abuse. When the child was abused, they abandoned who they were, which was their real self. They then may have detached themselves from reality, which created a false self. This false self is completely egotistical and one of self-importance and sinister. And with this comes lack of empathy and accountability. To feed the false self, they must feed off people like a vampire. And we call this process the narcissistic supply. They are attracted to empaths, codependents and highly sensitive people, which is what I am. And you may be too. Codependency is usually as a result of rejection or abandonment, lack of love, nurture and physical and emotional or sexual abuse. So codependent people would be a perfect supply for the narcissist. I would like to point out also that the main goal of the narcissist is to manipulate and to devalue people. Narcissism, like psychopathy, occurs on a spectrum and is not an abnormal trait in itself. Many people with above average narcissism will go through life undiagnosed and unchanged since many societies reward the demanding, entitled, and ethical behaviours associated with this personality. Many that may undergo an official diagnosis typically do so as part of a larger psychiatric assessment and care can include talk therapy, cognitive behavioural therapy, dialectical behavioural therapy and treatments targeted at specific correlative symptoms such as depression. So, so far we have spoken about what NPD actually is and what the common types of it are. We are now going to talk about the effects it can have on your relationships The effects, as you are probably aware, as you may have witnessed or know of, are undeniably harmful. The narcissist can appear charming, optimistic and exciting at first. They tend to be drawn to partners that are drama junkies or caretakers who are trying to fix the narcissist's character flaws. People with this condition who are attractive, talented or wealthy may be so compelling to others that they start new relationships even as their previous ones end. However, a person with this personality disorder may be less committed and emotionally incapable in the long run. Arrogance, a desire for recognition, entitlement, jealousy, and a high sensitivity to criticism are all predictors of chaos in relationships. Since they are constantly trying to improve in a partner, narcissists are notoriously promiscuous. Others' admiration is addictive, and the narcissist's partners would ultimately notice the unhealthy behaviour and appreciation would decrease or stop. The narcissist would then seek out new friends to provide the required admiration. Narcissistic people may seem to be naturally good at starting relationships. In the beginning, they seem to value their relationships. However, their characteristics can cause problems in the long run. They are used to receiving continual praise and acknowledgement from others. There is no regard for other people's needs. When a narcissist causes issues in a relationship, they are quickly forgiven and fantasize about a promising future. They can engage in self-improvement habits and are quick to take credit when things go well, but equally quick to blame others when things go wrong. Control is so vital to a narcissist that if it is freshened, they will lose a job. The interpersonal problems in a relationship with a narcissist are only evident over time, which is sad and complicated aspect of entering into a relationship with a narcissist. When confronted with some kind of ego threat or rejection, the narcissist will react with rage and aggression. A state of self-righteous indignation that is often explosive has been characterized as a narcissistic rage. Other people are regarded as subhuman whilst the narcissist is in a state of narcissistic rage. Others consider this anger to be inappropriate and unacceptable. The narcissist forgets that others have ever been nice or kind to them during this rage, or that others have any right to live at all. He or she will feel justified in their responses, and in these states they are often more grandiose than ever. Although a personality disorder is not a psychotic condition, those who suffer from it may be able to rewrite past events in order to change their destructive habits into appropriate ones. To suit their fantasies, they can embellish or even lie. Chronic embitterment is another aspect of narcissistic rage in interpersonal relationships. And they will carry grudges against people who they believe have wronged them. The narcissist may devote a significant amount of time to devising elaborate schemes to exact vengeance for even minor wrongdoings. Following an episode of narcissistic rage, the narcissist may continue on a search for vengeance. Okay, so now let's go into the different stages of being in a narcissistic relationship. And these include the idealization phase, the devalue phase, and the discard phase. I will also include my own personal experiences which you may be able to relate to because these stages are pretty similar for all narcissists. It's like they are born with a narcissist gene. Narcissists choose a target for many reasons but to qualify as a great target or a great victim in other words, they look for your vulnerabilities that will show them what you have tolerated before. Often targets are chosen based on their status job, attractiveness, popularity, successfulness, and wealth. The greater the status of quality you offer to them, the higher value you have to them to first conquer and then to destroy. Once they have decided that you hold a value of supply to them, they are vigilant in their pursuit, showering targets with loving affection attention, complimenting them and instantly telling you how you are different than anyone that they have ever been with. We call this the idealization phase, which is also known as the love bombing phase. This is when they call you non-stop, their love energy is thrown away and they literally do not leave you alone. Any stable person would see these as warning signs and steer away as they are very intense and way too attached. As a codependent that I am, I was drawn to this phase because the overwhelming attention released chemicals in my brain, which caused me to become pretty addicted to the narcissist. Codependents will eat up all this attention which they may have lacked as a child. Narcissists will use this as their full advantage. Personal information and anything to use against you at a later date is collected during the love bombing phase. So the narcissist will know personal things about your childhood and any abuse that you may have encountered. They will mirror you and make out that they have also been through whatever you have. They will find similarities of common interest to pull you in, to connect with you and say whatever they need to say. When I first met my ex, it was all about me. The attention and care that he showered me with, I really did feel like the most luckiest girl on the planet told all my family and friends that I had found the one. We spoke about my history of sexual abuse and abusive partners. And looking back now, he would have jumped on this and thought, bingo, he had found the most damaged and vulnerable woman on the planet. Things were great. I would go to his home twice a week, and he would make me feel guilty if I missed the trip. And we would basically he would make out that I was being selfish if I was ever tired or wanted to rest and he would hint that there were plenty of women who would love to have his company. I fell for this in manipulation, and he took full advantage of my empathy. The second phase is a devalue phase. Victims of abuse are often unaware that this stage has begun. Their intuition is niggling them that something has changed, and it's often hard to put a finger on it. Narcissists play a public game and a private game, which makes it harder for anybody, even yourself, to understand expressing your concerns suddenly turns you into the jealous one they make you doubt yourself and he or she becomes cold and uncaring almost overnight this is when the mass falls and you actually see the real person they make excuses if we don't accept these excuses then we are the crazy ones they are managing down our expectations from constant contact to hardly any and this verbal and emotional abuse really hurts in this phase, they, might, they, they may be tired or bored of you. They may start to see a flaw in you and put you down from having placed you already on a pedal stool. They may ignore you or introduce other women into the relationship, which may lead you to withdraw and become severely depressed because you can't stop thinking about them. We get needy and they love this. If you give them the silent treatment, then please try to stay away. This will cause them narcissistic injury which would remind them of any childhood traumas that they might have incurred. A normal person will walk away through a narcissistic rage and they unfortunately would want the upper hand. They have now become injured and wounded and everything they do now will be to destroy you and to bring you down. They will sweet talk you then they will also do the silent treatment as a form of abuse and to play games with you. They get a kick out of every time you try to reach out to them. They play it casual and accuse you of being a drama queen with name calling and being immature with you. They push you off. They get cold with you and pretend that nothing is wrong. They triangulate you by bringing others into the relationship. Exes' names may even pop up more. You have to remember that the narcissist is always the victim and it is always the ex who was the demon that left him. But most often than not, they are usually lying. And are the ones who actually mess their ex up. They are no longer a mirror of you and they can't take responsibility for anything that they do. They call us insecure and they enjoy bragging as as it feeds their ego. Our self-esteem takes a hit through the love bombing, which actually kept us connected to the man. And this actually prevents us from walking away. They say things like, you don't know me, which is traumatising, that you are so connected to somebody, then have them switch off so suddenly. What they first loved about us, that's what they then hate about us. My ex had already found out all about the abuse which I incurred from a younger age. He had by now met my family and we were discussing a future together. I would move in with him and we would go into a shared business together. He started to devalue me by saying things about my weight and that I would be a Kim Kardashian double if I had lost some weight. He would compare a photo of me to her and would say that it was just my weight that was putting me down, bearing in mind that I was a size 10 at the time, a UK size 10. I got sucked into a special K diet with him. He was eager to ensure that my self-esteem took a hit. I realise now that this was because he was feeling so down himself that his intentions were to ensure that... I never felt good about myself either. They call this process gaslighting, which you may have heard of. He would make promises with me and then not keep them. Then when I would defend myself, he would make me look like I was losing the plot. Like, for example, when he went away on a stag do, he would not contact me or get back to any of my messages the whole weekend. This was a form of abuse. He basically shut me out and I was not able to sleep or think rationally. I was addicted to him by this time, don't forget, from the love bombing phase which had kept me connected to him. And now the silent treatment which he was showing me was driving me insane. Then when he did get back to me a few hours before him and the boys were due to fly back, he basically called me a bunny boiler. and made out that I was a psychopath and that he had done nothing wrong and his excuse was that the boys had placed their phones in lockers so that they could all enjoy the weekend without their partners harassing them. So I was now harassing him. I was so hooked on him that I drove to Birmingham to meet him as he got dropped off at his place. How naive and soft I was when when I think back now. This was all part of his cunning plan, however, and he was loving the attention. So the next phase is the discard phase. He will get upset about the artificial story that he presented to you about the ex who left him for another man. He may have stalked his ex and saw something that he never liked, which caused a narcissistic injury. And this places little doubts in your head. When we eventually ask them about it, they have no remorse. We ask them outright if they still have feelings for their ex and they will normally answer pretty cold and hateful. This ice cold can hit you like a truck. Many victims often say that the discard came out of the blue and that everything was fine. Then they get a phone call or a text from them, which is pretty cold and hurtful. In the devalue stage, the narcissist will target your strengths and call them your weaknesses. We call this a smear campaign. and The goal here is to ruin you, make you crawl up in a little ball and not be able to educate yourself that this was them and not you. Many victims are thrown into complex post-traumatic stress disorder and they suffer greatly. As an empath, you feel that others would react as you would and feel emotional about hurting each other's feelings. The narcissist will ignore you and not care because once they do something that they know has hurt you, they do not care anymore as the job is done. Once my ex had me wrapped around his little finger, I was no more a challenge to him, so it was now time for him to see how he could take full advantage of me. He did just that. I was manipulated and controlled by his every word, and I got financially abused by him. This was a man who had a stack of letters which he left unopened as they were more than likely of people who he had conned already. He was in so much debt, I had later found out that he had ripped off his friends, his cousins, his father and he had a charging order against his property. He hid this so well for me and I believed all the lies he had about his income from a house of multiple occupancy. I later found out that he had also conned his business partner who he shared this business with. He tried to con me into buying another multiple occupancy home, which involved placing down £100,000 deposit. Then when we started speaking about the financial arrangements, he was discussing this like it would be me putting down all of the money. And when I asked where his share was, he would say that he is waiting for his share to come. And in the meantime, he was happy for me to take the burden in trying to find this money. He also conned me into a six grand loan. I'm really unsure why and what went through me to even trust this man, though, as you may already have guessed, this money was never paid back, which took me blood, sweat and tears through court proceedings to try and get my money back. I was so eager for him to not get away with the betrayal that I felt I had never really fought so much for justice in my entire life. This process has got to have been the most life-changing lesson which I had ever gone through, as this was the first time that I had gained my justice for all of those who had ever wronged me. I developed this strength and resilience, which was new for me. So now whenever I look at the big folder, which had all of the evidence, correspondence, court letters and message transcripts, which were presented at course, this folder represents that moment in my life. As well as bringing up the bad memories of how I suffered, the sleepless nights and the hair that I had lost as a consequence of the trauma, this folder represents strength and victory. I would like you to think about a moment, an experience or a collection of items which for you also represent a form of victory, as it is this which will then motivate you to move on from any suffering which you have encountered during your time with a narcissist subconsciously you would try to fight for that affection which you first felt in the relationship the same way you may have done as a child you try to change the person and try to fix what's happened because all of our childhood traumas are triggered we try to explain ourselves to people and they think it's just a bad breakup you feel that you were targeted groomed and deceived and that your kindness had been used against you You question yourself and you feel ashamed which makes you feel weak as you start to doubt yourself and you may even suffer an identity crisis or even be suicidal where you feel that you have had a personal attack with your emotional and physical body in pain which you want to leave to release yourself from that pain. At this stage you may either feel completely destroyed or you can learn a life lesson from this. They are never sorry for what they did. feel that you are the problem. It is your responsibility to learn how to forgive because it is forgiveness which will raise your vibration on a higher frequency. You have to get back up and be yourself again but this time a more improved version of yourself. Let the experience sharpen you and not destroy you. Protect your inner self and never let anybody disturb your inner peace. Do not suppress your emotions, let them be and cry them out. Find some online support groups for people who may have experienced this. Codependents like us seem to be uncertain or unsure of our feelings. So never let anybody question your reality. Let them know that you are not crazy. The fact that we survived means that we have come through this. Feel the emotions and then ascend. Establish better boundaries. Do not let them in easily. Be the person who genuinely loves you. Get through this, and you are on another level of strength you will feel like a whole new person, indestructible, and you will thank him for bringing you through these traumas and for not letting them win. My ex was a perfect person for my life and my journey. He was brought into my life for this purpose. Anybody who has done you wrong is their karma. Forgiving does not make you weak. It means you do not deserve to carry the trauma which others have caused. If you are with a partner who displays these behaviour attributes which may be affecting your mental health then please know that help is available. Reach out to me, a friend or a therapist to talk about what is happening and how you are feeling because it is easy to justify their behaviour when under the influence of their control and manipulation. It is easy to ignore your own feelings because you start to question yourself and you may be feeling that you are not good enough. This can be detrimental to your self-esteem and self-worth and is not how you should be feeling in any relationship whatsoever. While this episode comes to an end you may want to check out my book Victim to Victor now available on audio and where I have shared my journey of evolving through self-help and a determination to cast off my damaging past. My goal is to reach out to fellow survivors of abuse and provide hope and motivation in their lives. I hope that I can help victims transform their lives to become victors and achieve amelioration in the process of discovering the true self. I also have a 12-week self-development plan which is free and aims to guide you on your journey to recovery. You can find the link in the description below. Please do like this podcast and tag and share it with somebody who you know may be going through a similar situation. I will be back again with another podcast soon. Until then, take care and stay empowered.